You're listening to Creatives Prevail, unraveling the stories of creative professionals. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creatives Prevail. I am your host, Mike Zimmerlich, and this is a special interview that I did on the NAM show floor. Now, if you're not sure what the NAM show is, it's a massive music conference that has everything from drums to guitars to keyboards, interfaces, microphones, headphones, you name it. It is massive and has so many vendors that covers so much in the audio realm. I had the pleasure to interview David Dorn, who is a go-to studio musician in Nashville, as well as a producer and songwriter. We discussed his journey on how he became a first-call session keyboard player in Nashville, leading into getting involved with Studio Musician Academy. Let's get into it. I am live here at the NAM show with my guest, the wonderful David Dorn. How's it going, David? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thank you so much for being um, for being on the podcast. I really yeah, do appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. for having me. So, um, before we get into you, uh, is this the first time you've ever been to NAM? I would probably assume no, but it's not my first time. Uh, this is my second time in LA. Uh, oh. I had done it a few years in Nashville, where I lived, and so. But the LA experience is a cool one, man. It's awesome. This is a great, great environment. It's insane. I've honestly, so there's the one in Nashville that's called Summer Nam, yes. and it's usually a, a scaled down, it essentially, is. version yeah. of yeah. this. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I mean, the Nam show itself, I mean, being here the first time you were here, like, how can you compare oh. it to the one in Summer Nam? Man, I have to say, the, the LA Nam is it's just amazing, dude. It's, I was shocked at how many vendors were here. Because you know, typically the Nashville one is just condensed to a smaller, you know, portion of it, and, and this this uh, Anaheim Convention Center is unbelievable. It's huge. It's a it's, <laughs> it's massive. massive. Yeah. It's literally it's, yeah. It it's all over right in yeah. my mouth. Yeah, it's so crazy. massive. Yeah. But let's talk about you. So yeah. uh, I know. I mean, you have such an impressive background, um, being not a studio musician, but a musician in general. But can you give uh, essentially the, uh, the the script notes, if you will, yeah. of your yeah. uh, career? So. Uh, I started piano at four. Um, my parents recognized early on that I had a gift for a piano. I used to sit, apparently, I don't remember this, but I would sit up in my diapers and pick out the notes to the cartoons that I would watch and I could find the notes on the piano. Wow. Um, and so my dad was like, I don't know that that's normal. So <laughs> we should probably get him piano lessons. And my parents are, you know, they're not really musicians, but they really fostered music for me and my brothers to, uh, both my brothers are musicians as well um, not not for their their day jobs but they're both very good um, and so anyway I started taking piano lessons um, all the way through high school I got accepted into the governor's school for arts after my sophomore year of high school so I moved off and lived on campus where I studied music half the day in my other high school classes and I got to uh, study with two touring classical pianists it's crazy. Got my butt kicked, <laughs> but that's all right. That's part of the learning thing. And then um, went to college for two years at Erskine. Studied, and that was in South Carolina. Studied classical piano. Then finished at Belmont University in Nashville. And I'd always planned to move to Nashville anyway. I just felt like that was the place that I wanted to be. And um, I was always interested in the studio side of stuff. And uh, when I got through Belmont, um, I opened up my own studio right off of Music Row, and I started. Uh, producing and basically writing that was my full thing I was I was more in that side of it 
got into a band. We were called Calico Trail. We were a seven piece like Americana Eagles Tom Petty esque band. Got signed to a record deal, cut half a record, lost the deal. And at that time, I was starting to uh, get called to play sessions because some of the songs I was writing, um, I would build up the tracks for. And I had other writers say, hey, can I get you to come play keys on my session? We would do demo sessions to track these. And so that got me in front of some of the other musicians in town, some of the other session players. Um, I was a young gun at that. I was probably 22, 23. <laughs> green. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> Very know green. anything. <laughs> uh, but I didn't mess it up too bad. They, uh, I was welcomed by, you know, some of the older musicians were, uh, were really helpful and gave me a path and way to help him get more work. And so I started getting called to play sessions, which was not what I thought I was going to do. I always was around music, but I, I kind of felt like my, um, my gift was going to be more from a studio production side of it, um, which I still do today. But that just sort of shifted my career a little bit into the session world. And it was a great shift. I love it. I love my job, man. I get to work with the best musicians in the world every day. It's incredible. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you, I mean, you're being very modest in the, in the amount of accomplishments that you have made as a studio musician. And I know that there are so many musicians, even though that wasn't your original intent, there right. are many that they, that was their goal. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know how, and I'm sure you also know how much of a struggle it can be because yes. there are so many musicians out there that are trying to also get studio right. work. How do you become the go-to? Well, you know, I think everybody got a different path, and that's that's one of the things that with Student Musician Academy we're trying to showcase is that everybody's path is unique, you know. But a lot of the a lot of the things that we we keep hearing from everybody are the same. It's connection. It's, it's being around other musicians, finding yourself in places where maybe you're not the best musician. You need to not be the best musician in the room when you're, you know. So I always challenge myself to just try to find anybody that I thought that's a I really like that person's playing or I like what they are about who they're working with and I just tried to get to know them I think a lot of it is networking um, obviously if you're not in a, a music town or city like Nashville or LA or whatever it is a little bit harder um, but I, I think that wherever you are with, with the internet and forums and all of these opportunities we have these days it's like there's no reason you can't be out there like finding other musicians that are great and trying to collaborate. So I think that's the one thing that's sort of the thread that everybody has is that somebody saw them, recognized the talent, and brought them in, you know, um, and then showing up every day. And, and you have to be great. <laughs> it's just no off days. I tell people that all the time. It's like, <laughs> you don't have there's, a, yeah. there's no off days. You know, even if you're feeling off, you can't, you can't play, like, you know. Like because also too, I, I would assume that the circle becomes smaller as you get you higher up, Absolutely. and people talk about oh, yeah. who's good in the <laughs> it's studio. It's a small, small circle at that point. Yeah. And so when you're not showing up, somebody's going to hear about that, and, and you know. So, uh, but you know, I think there's also a closeness. Everybody takes care of each other. There's a camaraderie, especially in Nashville. I, I, I can't speak to LA scene, but in Nashville, like. We treat each other like we're siblings, like we're, we're brothers in arms together a lot of times, ancestors, you know. So it's like uh, that part of it is is healthy because this job can be demanding and having people that are going through the same things with you. There, there's some solace that you can have together through it because <laughs> some of the days are long, you know. I mean, like a lot of days I'm working 12 to 14 hour days. Wow. You know, I'll do three sessions in a day and sometimes we're cutting five or six songs per session. Wow. 17, 18 sometimes songs a day that we're playing on, 
and you're expected to make those songs sound like hits every time you play. You know, so. How how do you how do you maintain that level of performance? Because again, you mentioned yeah, you've been doing this for a while. So how do you can keep on maintaining that? Because I'm sure, like not only just mentally but physically, it takes. Well, a toll. it does. It really does. I tell people all the time. It's like it's an unhealthy job <laughs> <laughs> for your work life balance and sometimes for you just your your health. Um, you know, I, I just I love listening to music. I I am one of those that's just like. Anything that's new, I ask people, what are you listening to? I, I keep a, in my phone just a note of like what to go listen to. I think part of it is like just being inspired by what other people are doing and taking that and saying, man, I really love this, I love this. And I try to like, I call it getting into the, you know, into the shed a little bit and just like dissecting some things that are new music to me. And sometimes I play along, sometimes it's just critical listening. Like what, what are the sounds that are going on, you know? I'm, and I think that inspires me to go in the next day or whenever. Maybe it's the weekend. I'll take a weekend and just, like, listen. You know, but next week it's like I'm excited because I've heard something that I want to try to put my sort of thumbprint of that version on, you know, and bring mm-hmm. it into a session. I think all of us are always trying to, like, find ways to, to, to keep our own creativity fluid because, you know, there's some days it's, like, it's work. You know, you go in and you get beat down by it. 10 songs in a day and it's like oh i don't want to hear any more music today you know i'm just i'm burnt out be very solace yeah it's just like i just need a break for a second and you know but the thing for me is i'm a song lover i I just love songs so much and there's always something in some song that i can dig out that i find interesting or unique you know even if i don't necessarily like the song there's something in there that i can find that i gravitate to that's going to make me want to play to that, you know, and, and, and the job of the session musician is to serve the song. That's our main thing. How can we make this song present itself in the best possible way, you know? And so if I can dig that out every day, there's something for me to, to be able to be inspired by. Absolutely. You were talking about before about CDU Musician Academy. Yeah. Can you talk about uh, what that is and how you got involved with that? Yeah, so I'm really excited. It's a platform that we are building that's it's going to be an online course that is broken into part podcast, but also um, an actual course that breaks down what it is to be a studio musician. And we're gonna kind of deep dive some topics that I don't think a lot of people go into as far as breaking down what the process is of being in the studio and creating um, creating parts for a song. So uh, we're kind of fortunate that we can actually get some of the Pro Tools sessions from our, our friends, producers that we work with and just kind of go through tracks and show, hey, this is this is the process. This is why I played this sound, or this is why this part was chosen. And these were the parameters that we were given. And, uh, and, and just kind of show an in-depth review of like, what's the thought process for how we're working on this music? Because I think sometimes the session musician is sort of seen as like this, I know about this person, but I really don't understand what the job is, you know? And uh, for musicians that are coming up that they're like, I really, I, I, I want to know more about that. I want to know what this is. I feel like we can leave some, some knowledge that you might not get from an institutional education. You know, the biggest education that I have is going in every day. Sometimes you get your butt handed to you. And then other yeah. days you go in and it's like you just, there's so much inspiration in the room. And it's like, how can I navigate that? Because every day I need to come up with something great. And those are things that only come through either somebody that's been through it kind of leading you down that path or you're doing it yourself and a lot of times you don't get those experiences so we're trying to open up a path for learning that 
that kind of helps, you know, give you some steps ahead that you might not get otherwise. So. It's interesting that you mentioned that too, because there is a difference between educational uh, knowledge and, and experiential knowledge. Right. Yeah. And for even for yourself, you you mentioned to yourself that you were taking piano lessons since you were five years old. And yeah. Same thing with me, by the way. Yeah. Like I go. also yeah. Yeah. was taking piano lessons five years old and going through a lot of educational institutions to right. practice your craft. But there, which is which is very different in comparison to now actually being a studio musician and yeah. actually being out there. So. Um, you know, can you, can you comment on that and like the yeah. differences between those two well, things? Well, you know, I think that having the technical education of, of any instrument is good because one of the things I tell people that are wanting to get into Nashville is like talent and that part of it is sort of a prereq. Everybody that comes in has got some level of technical know-how and has at least, you know, whether, whether it was a, a formal education or it was an education by fire where you just get in and, and you, you learn what you can, you know. Uh, that part sort of has to be there. I think, I think the things that I, I see that are harder for musicians is how you can interact with other musicians. Because, you know, as a piano player, you probably didn't understand. It's like, it's a very, like, solo, singular, by yourself approach to, to create music and learning music. But in, in the studio atmosphere, most of the time you're collaborating the entire time. And that's not something that a lot of people get an opportunity to have unless you were in a band, you know, or you right. played with different bands. And that's why I think that trajectory is one of the more common ones where you played with other musicians and you get to a point where enough people know you and give you an opportunity or a chance to get into the studio because they've seen your body of work through other artists that you played for or whatever. Um, there's that collaboration of being able to listen to other people and know how to adjust your own playing. Those are things that are hard. Like I, even in a college education, I don't know that you get that many opportunities to really learn that, you know. And you're given music that is put in front of you instead of actually having to learn something really quickly on the fire. I mean, that's part of our job is we hear something once, and we have to digest that information, and then not only know what the arrangement of the song is, but go out and, and play to that, you know. And so that that takes work. That takes something that you don't always it's just an opportunity you don't always get to have unless you get put into those situations and I think with the with the Academy you know we, we can't allow everybody to obviously come in and be in a session but we want to give them as much background to it so that at least the knowledge aspect of it they can have a better understanding of what the position is what the role is what what the expectation is when you do get that opportunity to go into a session Absolutely. And that's why I feel like it, that both are so important is yeah. to get that ed education because um, especially as a studio musician, you can educate on here's the pitfalls to avoid. Here are things to yeah. watch out for that some people sometimes going into it, if you have no idea, you may not even get above the ground level that's because right. you're just hitting these roadblocks and don't know why. Yeah. Yep. But then but then also, of course, applying it and saying, OK, now I understand how it works or this is how now I understand how this actually now applies to myself. Absolutely. So I feel that both are you know, going out there and getting the experience yourself as well as getting that education, getting that, that background from people who've been doing it for a very yeah, long time. I think, that, I think it's, it's just like anybody that, even as engineers coming up, you know, there's that intern aspect of the education that's really helps a lot of engineers because it's formidable. You get to see the process. You don't just watch videos, like the process is part of it as well, right? Going through the steps of like what it took to get from point A to point B. And it's that in between 
that's that's really where all the gold is you know <laughs> so um and we and you know we want to open that up for a larger uh audience hopefully there's musicians that are interested in that and even if they're not i didn't know what a studio musician was until i got to nashville i didn't really understand that that was an actual job you know i knew that that certain musicians had played on records because i studied liner notes <laughs> religiously growing up but i didn't understand what the role was i didn't understand what the actual definition of being a studio musician was i had no idea i you know lucky for Luckily, I was able to sort of like learn as I went, and because I had some background as a producer and as a somebody that worked in the studio, I felt comfortable in it. Um, but that, you know, there was nothing more educational than just watching other people work and understanding and seeing the body language and seeing how they were listening and asking what questions they were asking producers so that you understood what I was listening for, what the arrangement things were. And so much of it is just listening and learning. You know, and then applying and try to, you know, <laughs> obviously show up and play great, which <laughs> there's all these other parameters that you have to hit. But, Absolutely. You know. So we're going to wrap it up here real quick. I'm going to just ask you a couple sure. of fun little questions. Cool. Uh, number one, first concert you ever went to? Ooh, first concert I ever went to. I think it was DC Talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a religious family, so it was like, I didn't get to go to see a, a lot of rock shows, but DC Talk, they would let me do, and I thought it was like awesome because it was, the, <laughs> at least for me at the time, the most rock and roll version of anything in the Christian world that ever was going on. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so number two, um, I know you mentioned that usually after work, the last thing you want to do is listen to more songs, but is there a, a go-to song that you like to put on in the car? You know, interestingly enough, a lot of times I'm, I'm doing podcasts in the car, me Which, too. That's well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love learning, and sometimes learning comes through different forms. So I, I love listening to podcasts. I sort of my get to put the other side of the brain on. But if I'm listening to music for recreation, you know, I would say most of the time I listen to classical music. There's just something about like that. I I, I went through classical background, and it's still I have a love for it. I play it at church where I play pipe organ on Sunday mornings and, and improvise classical <laughs> music for the preludes and postludes. So that's still part of my my job and, and what I do. So I'll, I'll listen to a lot of classical music. And then if I just put on a record for, oh gosh, that's such a hard question to answer. I told uh, somebody this yesterday, one of my favorite records, and I still listen to this record quite often, is Jeff Buckley Grace record. I love that record. That's one that gets pretty, I put that in rotation pretty often. That one's uh, that one's high up on the marker for me. <laughs> okay, one last question right. for you. Go for it. If there was, if you were only to give one piece of advice to a musician mm -hmm. that is looking to get more studio work, yeah. what would that one piece of advice be? Put yourself into positions where you're surrounded by people that are better than you. Listen and observe and take every experience and figure out how you can apply that to your next part of your musician journey. And whatever you're doing, whatever you're playing on, just remember that you're serving the song. You're there to help make that song be the best for you. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, David, for being here and enjoy thank the rest of the time here on NAMM. Yeah, you do the same. Enjoy your NAMM. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Creatives Prevail. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave us a review. 
They are an immense help. Now go out there and make something happen.